guys, it's Chelsea with the Sassnack Files. Hi, and it's Rebecca with the Sassnack Files. And today we are here to talk some more Outlander with you, but a few housekeeping details first. We have some super exciting news for you guys because we are officially branching out. You can find us on Podbean, of course, which is our home. It's where we started and we love it. But you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, and hopefully eventually Google Play. We're working on the details of that. But we figured why not make it easier for you guys to access our podcast and hang out with us all the time. Play it in the background, while you're driving, you know, whatever. Someone was mowing the lawn while listening, so I thought that was pretty cool. They uh, let me know that they were finished, and they were outside, and they took a picture of their lawnmower. I was like, oh, that's funny. Could you even hear us? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. We've had some pretty good feedback from you guys. We're so excited that you guys are enjoying hearing our opinions and insights into the show. We love talking about it, and we are actually here today to talk to you about episode 102. Castle Leak. Woo! I'm so excited to talk about this episode, even though it's not one of my favorites in the season, but I love certain moments that happen in it, and it was lovely to see Mrs. Fitz again. I was so happy when she popped up on the screen. I was like, I miss you so much! I feel like this episode, it wasn't necessarily an overly exciting episode, but it helped to build on some of the characters that we've met in 101 and flesh out the 18th century world that we're, we've been dropped into. And I thought that this episode did that to a T. Yeah. And it was, I oh mean, I loved seeing the castle. I loved seeing the land, just the random shots outside. The director would shoot like the land itself. I just thought it was really good. It was interesting. You're like, you are not in her version of Scotland anymore. We are there with Jamie, Myrta, Dougal, all of them. You know, it's just it's very interesting. They really utilize Scotland as an additional character in the show, which I think is fantastic. Scotland really is. It's a lot of it's untouched and it's perfect for filming like 18th century based shows because it doesn't take much. You round a corner pretty much and there's a castle. I can see why they chose to do Scotland instead of the United States. In America, it's a bit harder to film in certain places versus mm. having more freedom everywhere else. Yeah, speaking of Scotland, as many of you may know, it rains a lot in Scotland. And when they were in the courtyard of Castle Leak, and they were in mud four inches deep, and I'm just thinking, ugh. Yeah, it, they bear the elements. And man, blood, sweat, and tears go into this show, let me tell you. So whenever Claire was getting off the horse in the yeah. courtyard. You want to know the first thought that went through my mind when I was rewatching yesterday? What? How is she not chafed so bad from riding that horse? <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, ah, I would be, oh, that's so uncomfortable. Like, I just kept thinking about that. Uh, what my first thought was, wow, Myrta helped her off the horse. I never noticed that before. <laughs> I know, I hadn't either. Poor Claire and her chafe, non-chafed wigs. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And then in comes Mrs. Fitz. And I'm like, Mrs. Fitz! Oh, I miss her! And so much. A lot of people may not have picked it up, but later in season one, we get Myrta's name is Myrta Fitzgibbons Fraser. Well, Mrs. Fitz's full name is Mrs. Fitzgibbons. So that means that somewhere along the way they're related, which a lot of people don't pick up on, but I think is cool. And Diana Gabaldon, if you're listening, I would like a little side side snippet on if there's any connection between those two characters. That's an interesting, like, pinpoint, actually. I never thought of it because I just, like, saw him, like, flirting-ish with her. Not really flirting, but he was being, like, cute with her, and I just went, oh, that's kind of yeah. sweet, so... I figured they're probably, like, cousins or something. That way, everyone's a cousin. <laughs> yeah, let's face it. <laughs> Somewhere or the other. <laughs> oh, my God. And I love how Claire was, like, no, I need to tend to his shoulder. I need to tend to his shoulder before it gets infected slash inflamed, whatever you want to call it. And mm -hmm. then 
Jamie's totally like, I'm fine, okay, being a tough guy yeah, about it. And then yeah. Mrs. Fitz is like, no, Jamie, you're coming inside. And he just does what he's told. <laughs> he doesn't put up yeah, a fight about he, it at all. <laughs> that's what I wrote down. I went, Jamie was not going to fight with Mrs. Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mess with Mrs. Fitz. <laughs> well, because like, he's standing there going like, I'm fine. Leave me alone doing the guy thing. And then she goes, Jamie, now. God, yes, that was Mom. so cute. Yeah, exactly. She's a mom to everyone. Because <laughs> the first thing she says to all the men is like, you guys will be wanting your breakfast. Go on inside. It's waiting for you. And I'm like, she's just so cute. Anybody mess with her, they would go all like Jack Bauer. Goodness. For sure. Yeah. Which uh, I think is a major thing to know that that's kind of like everybody's not disposition, but everybody's, like, inclination is to just, like, you do what Misfits tells you to do. She's, yes, just do what she tells you to she, do. And they all love her. Like, she's their mom or their grandma. Yeah, she's a well-loved person. And then as they're walking through the castle, and we're getting these flashes back and forth between Claire walking through the hallways in the 18th mm-hmm. century, and then to her walking through the hallways, like, literally 48 hours before, with Frank 200 years in the future. And I thought that was so cool. We see that a couple of times during the show, but man, that really just puts it into perspective and doesn't really throw the time travel in your face, but reminds you that it's there. It's still daunting though. You're like, Oh yeah, Holy crap. She was there. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about the, her having deja vu last week Mm -hmm. and talk about some serious deja vu this stuff yeah how did she not like lose it after a few you know like i would have been like oh my fucking god (laughs) what is happening (laughs) and she can't make this up like i wrote that down too i was like claire can't make this up she is there that's it she there's no way for her to not believe this anymore she can smell it she was in the dirt um mrs spitz is looking at her like what are you doing in your underwear and then there they go. She goes helping. It's so crazy. It's pretty hard to ignore being in the 18th century when you're being bathed in cold water in front of the fire. <laughs> I know that's skipping ahead a little bit, but good Ew. lord. Like, if that's not a wake-up call. Whew. Well, even all the layers upon layers of clothing, I am so thankful Ugh. that I did not have to wear all that crap. Like, what the Guys, and that yeah, dress guys, was hideous. I wrote in capital letters. I was like, "Hideous." <laughs> in my that notes, is, that's so funny because I went, "Wow, look at her dress right next to Murta's kilt. That's cool. I never noticed something like that before." That they're black. Yeah, like the plaid yeah. parts look nice. I don't like the upper half though as much. Tart, but like, should we say it's tart? If we're getting tart in. <laughs> I didn't think the dress was that ugly, though. But like The second one was better, I thought. I thought the second one that she wears in the episode was much better. But that first one, I was not crazy about it. I remember when... All I keep seeing is the one where she just had the upper part be black. Yeah, there's one where the upper part is brown. And I think that's the second dress. And I like that a lot more. It didn't have, like, the velvety texture to it. So, the discomfort at Jamie revealing his back. Like, he he doesn't want to. He's so no. hesitant, and he, like, tries to keep the blanket on as much as possible. Yep. She, she's insistent on it. She's like, no, I need to take this off. Like, you could just... Oh, man. And can you imagine? Can you seriously imagine, like... Because that had such a negative connotation. Being flogged was shameful back then. And... To have scars and live with that as a, at this point, Jamie's 22. To live with that as a 22-year-old man, he knows that he didn't do anything to deserve that, you know? But other people are, yeah. he knows other people are going to judge him for it. So I just found that sad that, like, he has to live with that. I wrote, poor Jamie, and BJR is an asshole. <laughs> oh, God. 
Ugh, those scars. I'm surprised she even went to touch it, but maybe it was just she was so in shock she didn't think about it. But in the in a sh- watching that, I'd be like, that's an invasion of personal space. It didn't like irritate me, but I noticed it this round. Like, why is she touching his back without his permission? I was surprised. I, it surprises me each time I watch it is that he just tells her everything. And I mean, it could just be that there's his back. What's he going to do? Lie about it? No. I'm just surprised. You have to give her the story details. Maybe he didn't tell her exactly the ripping of the shirt part, but I um, think a lot of it was his memories. Yeah. I was also thinking that whenever he's having these memories, this is, he even says this was close to four years ago, which means that this is happening when Jamie's 18 years old. Oh my God. And the, and the guilt that he feels, like, he carries that with him. You can see that in his face. He believes that his sister was assaulted or raped because of him. He carries that with him on his shoulders, that he thinks it was his fault. And that's a lot. Like, that's a lot for anybody, let alone somebody so young, to carry on their shoulders. And I think this is really when we start to see Jamie. And so I wrote on my notes, I said... 101 was Claire's story. 102 was to build Jamie's character. So we understand who this person is moving forward. It bothers me so much. Jamie was trying not to look at his sister bare-breasted mm-hmm. like that. And BJR would, like, look at her and just, it's awful. And I didn't even think about him being 18, actually. And Jamie's so intentional with certain things. Like, he would never do anything like that. Right. <laughs> Just look at a woman naked, but let alone a sister. So, like, just so helpless in that moment to do anything. Just And Jamie carries everything anyways, because he's just that kind of person. He holds too much than he needs to. So, just what a sad moment. And Blackjack's... Uh, Tobias a Menzies prick? is amazing. I think that... Well, yes. <laughs> Tobias Menzies is amazing. And yeah. this... The amount of little details that he ad-libs, it's fantastic. Like, whenever he licks his thumb and wipes off her face, that was all Tobias. That was not scripted. And that just makes that character so much more sinister and, like, freaking creepy as hell. Because he's, like, somewhat almost lulls the viewer into a false sense of security where they're like oh okay maybe it's not going to be as bad as we think and then he proceeds to rip her dress open yep within 10 seconds of each other it is just you get whiplash almost watching it but that's the beauty of blackjack as a villain i feel like that you just never know what he's gonna do yeah he's Ugh, just such an invasion of personal space, like, to just have his saliva on your face, like, ew. (laughs) God, uh, so gross. And I love that as we're, we're getting these glimpses of, like, the horror of Jamie's memory, and we're flashing back to him sitting there with Claire by the fire, and he says this, Mm -hmm brilliant line it says they wanted to send a message this is what you get when you fight back against the english which i feel like is 2at what the first season is that's the motif of the season this is what you get when you fight back against the english that was life back then you know and that's terrible to think about but i mean living in america and knowing american history yeah the redcoats were bad guys for us too but they, we rebelled against them and we won. The Scots rebelled against them and lost. And lost everything yeah. because of it. Multiple times. Yeah. So yeah. that's just, it's heartbreaking to think about because we have one side of the story and to see what could have potentially happened to America if we had lost. It's awful thinking like a whole way of life for the Scots, right? Um, got completely eradicated because someone's stupid or two people's ideals it's dumb it's just land people let's move on (laughs) so they have him strung up in the dooryard and as blackjack's hitting him with his riding crop the welts that are cgi'd onto sam hewen's back like they look so real it makes me shiver 
<laughs> I did not have that intense of a reaction. But I thought it was like maybe they took like filmed it quick and then did the makeup and then did the filming, so it was CGI. No, okay. the writing crop was fake, and then like okay. it's it's soft. It's like a it's a prop writing crop, and so it's probably like a really soft material. So it probably did sting a little bit, but then they put the welts in and post to like look like it was actually hitting him hard. Interesting. I did not know it was CGI, so that's pretty cool. The CGI in this show, you know that you have good CGI when you don't even think about it being computer graphics. You just take it as part yeah. of the story and that's that. I was very impressed. I literally thought it was just makeup. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the actual conversation that's going on between Jamie and Claire during all of these memories. Please, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Go ahead, tell me what you like about it. I love that she doesn't take pity on him, she doesn't make him feel stupid. And then Jamie feels comfortable enough to tell a joke like, ah, oh, the chickens make poor company. <laughs> Actually, what I love about that scene is when Claire realizes she's there and Frank's not there with her. She's not with Frank anymore. And he goes, alas, is he not alive? Is your husband not alive? And she's literally going, oh, crap. Like, he is no, not uh, alive. And right. she's obviously telling the truth. He is not alive. It's it's horrible just to kind of just see her crying and then Janie being sweet, hugging her, you know, like, and calming her down. Like, um, <laughs> one of the things I wrote was, Jamie, good with horses and people. Like, he's comforting her like he would a horse, basically. I just, I thought that was really sweet. And I'm also really glad that they didn't kiss. I remember feeling like, oh, you two gonna kiss right now? This is not with that look that they both had. It was intense, but I'm really well, they glad thought that about that it happened. for like a yeah, second. Oh. They thought about it. Oh yeah, no, it was on Jamie's face for sure. And then Claire obviously backed up because she definitely was feeling like it. Well, because at this point he's thinking, I'm super attracted to this woman, and she just told me her husband's dead. So what's yeah. stopping me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but yeah. <laughs> well, and then. He realizes he composes himself and sees like she's terrified and something right. up. So he kind of yep. just stands there and I love what he says to her, like, you need not be scared of me, nor anyone else here as long as I'm with you. I love that line. He really meant that too. It was so oh, yeah. interesting to hear him say that. And uh he goes up to her and says, like, you'll you'll be okay and then he does this thing that always makes me laugh where he's like, You need to get some rest. Someone's gonna wanna talk to you soon. <laughs> And then he leaves. I'm like, he's torn between being the nice guy that he is and giving her space and not being too, you know. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. Okay, what so. I love the most about this scene in particular, I mean, yes, it's great that he comforts her and we see this bond starting to form between them. But I love that we see his funny side. Because I feel like that's something that we lose a lot in the show. He's hilarious in the books. And Jamie in the show is, I wouldn't say he's a flat character by any means. He just doesn't have the humor and the anger in the show that he does in the books. So he's not as temperamental. He's really funny. I've only read book one and I went, wow, like he has got a sense of humor. This one, where did it go? Right. Yeah. And we see that in this scene. We He makes the comment of, she's like, well, why were you trying to escape? And he said, because they were holding me, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he makes the comments. And when I woke up, I was trussed up in the wagon, jolting down the fort ro- or the road to Fort William with the chickens. And then he says, oh, I chickens are very poor company. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why can't we have that more? I miss that. I mean, I guess this comes later, but like, I don't understand why he doesn't get angry more. Like, he doesn't let that side of him out. I would be pissed about some things. He doesn't let that out enough and just kind of stands there while Claire does this stuff. And I'm like, dude, get upset. He's very well composed in the show. He doesn't lose his temper very often. When he does, though, 
watch out. Yeah. It gets so good later on because there are some moments when we see it, when we see that side of Jamie where he gets upset and it's very interesting to see because it's like, that's normal. I mean, not that Jamie's not empathetic and doesn't feel intensely about stuff and he's not that he's not super nice. It's just they took one part of his character and just went overboard with it. (laughs) And it's like, let him be upset by these things or whatever or make more jokes yeah jamie's very like let me use humor as a to diffuse situations yep yep and then or hide from what he's feeling too so (laughs) exactly yeah and also during this scene that you mentioned when jamie is holding claire while she's upset about frank this is the first scene that we get the hint of bear mccreary's theme for them that we hear throughout the rest of the series this is the first moment that we get and it's very faint it's one instrument it's just that flute of some sort that plays the motif and then that's all we get of it and it gets more fleshed out as their relationship grows which i find fascinating so it's interesting i noticed the music too how can you not notice it like i was like oh her song (laughs) (laughs) and so we already talked a little bit about her getting ready with Mrs. Fitz, how long and drawn out that process is. Holy crap. Yeah. I am so thankful to be able to wear pants and no bra. Thanks. For (laughs) sure. (laughs) So there's a voiceover that she has when she's waiting for Colm in his study, talking about the historic events and what is going on at that point in history. Which some people Mm -hmm. found really frustrating, and I'm anxious to hear what you thought about it. It didn't bother me. I think, again, it's just how she was doing the accent at the time that was kind of bugging me a little bit. Because, again, it's too intense. It doesn't sound... I'm glad they lightened up on it. I didn't mind it so much. I just mostly was like, wow, she, like, knows a lot. Has Frank told her everything, or did she actually learn that herself? I think it's also important to remember that... Her uncle was an archaeologist, so he was big into mm-hmm. history as well. So she went from her uncle, and they don't ever touch on it in the show, but he was actually a professor during the time of the Second World War, and he was killed in a bombing, like the Blitz in London. So he, he was big on history, and then she married Frank, who is a historian, so I'm sure it was just pretty much pounded into her from from the time she could hold a pencil. Yeah. (laughs) She just knew these historic things. Yeah, because I was like, a lot of this came to her her mind really quickly. And I'm like, how do you remember all this stuff so fast? That was my only thing. I didn't, it didn't really bug me that much, the voiceover. Because I thought like, that would make sense for her to try and think like, what time period she was in. I thought it was extremely interesting. I'm kind of a history buff anyway and that's part of what I find so fascinating about this show but to really put it into context what time period she's in what's going on it's setting the scene for where she's at in history and what are the important things going on and it also helps her to survive in a lot of ways that she knows where she's at and what's going on to a certain extent so I felt like it's character building as well so I didn't mind it either but I was just curious to hear somebody else's opinion on it yeah no it just showed how innovative she is like she catches on to things like throughout this episode i kept thinking like wow she's on it with some stuff how is she doing that how is she remembering etiquette that curtsy and stuff you know so i just i thought that was interesting she's getting asked all these questions by colin we see another flashback of frank giving her the 411 on survival of interrogation which i also found very (laughs) interesting I guess it makes that sense, be- you know, because you want to stick to the truth as much as possible because body language experts and people that are good at reading people, they know when you're lying. So if you keep yeah. to the truth as much as possible, then there's not as much for someone to pick up on. It is so funny because the whole episode, everyone's like, we know you are hiding something, but they don't know what it is because she is saying some truth. But they're like, we know you're full of shit. Where are you from? And who are you? <laughs> like, exactly. I just, yeah. Nobody really knows 
what she's hiding, I agree with you. It's fascinating that she's able to kind of maneuver this obstacle course of questions. And no matter what they ask, they're not able to pick out anything concrete that she's lying about. And so I loved that. But I'm also like, if she were to tell them the truth, the entire truth, they'd be like, okay, well, you're going to burn at the stake as a witch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, okay, so I do tell you the truth, and then you either don't believe me or think I'm a witch. So there's no winning in this situation. (laughs) No. I made a connection with this from a few scenes ahead in the episode that I kind of want to make a comment on and wonder Mm -hmm. if you thought the same thing. So when they were at the um, stables when she brought Jamie's food and they're talking, they're both basically doing the same thing. Like, he's telling her most of the truth in that moment, but he's not telling her what his name is until she goes, so your name's not McTavish. I just, that was kind of my connection. Like, so basically he's doing the exact same thing with her. Exactly. I didn't really think about that aspect of it, which is extremely interesting. My whole thing on that scene was, why does Jamie feel like he can trust her? Totally! What does he see in her that nobody else sees that he feels like he can trust her with that information? It can't just be that he saw her, and because we all saw it, like he was gaga over her, like when he was (laughs) lying in the dirt at night. Like, you can see how he was looking at her. And it can't just be that she helped him. So I think he's just a good judge of character. I think he is, too. And I think that becomes more apparent throughout the season. But to people that are just then watching that, like, and it still occurs to me to this day on rewatch five, six, seven, that, yeah, what did he see in her? What is he? He obviously has good instincts, but man, that's a hell of a thing to share with a a stranger, essentially, to trust them with that knowledge. I still keep thinking, what's your end game with this? When he says, I decided to trust you instead. And the um, flirting, that, holy yeah. hell, the flirting. And, and she's all like, yeah, try not to get flopped or stabbed today. And he's like, no promises, Sassanac. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are killing me with all the flirtatiousness going on right now. Yep. Oh, man. That's Jamie. And there's a moment when Claire's outside and there's another voiceover and we see Scotland, you know, because she's at the higher part of the castle. We see Dougal having fun with a kid playing around and like, because these two kids were ganging up on one of them. And so he goes, oh, do you think that's fair? Two, two against one. How about two against two? And then so he turns around and fights the one kid who was by himself. And I wrote down like, Dougal having fun with that kid is Graham. Yeah. There's no acting there. He's totally having fun playing with this kid. That was fun. And it was weird to see Dougal smile. <laughs> yeah, that scene was fantastic. I also wrote down to talk about that. Along with the voiceover that she's saying when she's up walking on the battlements of the castle, where she's talking about how it's like you landed on an alien planet that you've only glimpsed through a telescope. And then she says some more stuff, and then she's like, but then you think maybe this world isn't so different after all, as she's watching him play with the kids and, like, the people going about their everyday lives. And it really just sets things in perspective a little bit that, yeah, things are different, but how different are they really? And I thought that was fascinating to think about. And to kind of build on the the Dougal thing, playing with Hamish, we later find out his name is Hamish, the look on Dougal's face... Yeah, Hamish like runs away with his friends like you know something's up right away yeah we might not know what it is for a few more episodes but you can tell something's funky with it yeah basically like we're trying to connect the dots but he did look at that boy with what it's easy to see why Claire thought that they were father and son exactly exactly which she makes a major oopsie at dinner. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that man. was so awkward. And like Hamish is like, Dad, this is I'm the son and heir of Colin McKenzie. Yep, and then Letitia, the wife, is like, Yes, you are. Um, she's gorgeous. Letitia is beautiful (laughs) she's beautiful yes that red hair what is up with all the redheads (laughs) 
Like, you know, I think I've seen more Scotland. redheads in this show than I have in my regular life. Can we rewind a second and talk about Claire walking into the dining hall? Like, With she knows staring at her. Be- yeah, oh my god, that's so awkward. But all I kept thinking was, yes, that's awkward, but I've never noticed this before. But, like, man, her hair looked really nice in this episode. Um, I loved how, like, the side curls were and how it was up. And then just, like, she just all around looked beautiful this episode. Yes. In complete so. contrast to Jamie at the hall, his hair is how my hair looks after a couple of days at the beach. Like, frizz <laughs> and poof. Just like, oh, my God, what is happening? You know what happened? It's because it rained. And he had to be outside with the horses, so his hair, like, dried weird. You know how curly hair is. Like, Oh, it, yeah. I, it was a yep. totally relatable moment. I was like, I know exactly what's happening right now. Yep. Or even when he sweats, it, like, sticks to his face. I wanted to give a shout-out to the casting department. I mean, they do a fantastic job with everybody that they cast. But I really yeah. feel like they did an amazing job casting Colum and Dougal. Those actors play off of each other so well. They actually do have a lot of similar facial characteristics. Like, you could see it. And I I don't think that some people really, like, pay that close of attention to it unless you point it out. But their eyes are the same color blue. And they're, they kind of have the same nose. Like, they do look very different. And Graham is so much taller than yeah. the guy that plays Colum. I can't remember what his name is at the moment. Gary Lewis. Gary? I knew it was Gary, yeah. but I couldn't remember his last name. Um, anyway, and so there's obviously a huge height difference, but their faces, there's something about their faces that just screams brothers. So right? they're very talented actors on their own, yep. but together there's just this dynamic they have that is amazing. They do something with their eyes the same in their mouths. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that you commented on this because I was thinking about that too when I was watching it. They do kind of do things with their face that are very similar. Which makes me wonder if that's something that they talked about. Like, okay, so is there certain characteristics or like tics that we're going to have that are the same to kind of enhance that family resemblance? Like, because actors do have these conversations before they film a scene or when they first meet who their castmates are going to be to kind of draw those similarities that to the human eye, like we don't really notice, but our brain picks up on. And so it makes me wonder what the conversations were there if they had conversations about that. I'm sure they probably talked about some things. Well, I'm sure that they're all pretty much theater. They've had like theater backgrounds on some level, like Graham for sure has. I, I love having that knowledge that Graham's been on stage. Just he holds himself a certain way. It's mm-hmm. it's very fascinating. Can we talk about how stupid Claire was being, though, with the alcohol? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. I think I counted three full glasses of wine going down at that dinner, <gasps> at least. And I was like, like oh, man. Oh, man. Whew. You are not that stupid, girl. What do you think they're doing? You can't be that dumb. I don't get that at all. But I can see where the alcohol tastes good. But, like, come on, girl. Man, no. Yeah, and so um, she comes off of this super awkward conversation <laughs> with Dougal and Colin. Yep. Totally screws herself over with the Hamish comment. <laughs> and totally. Like, like, the way Letitia looked at her, I went, oh, shit. So it's not something that show watchers would necessarily pick up on, I don't think, right away. You might pick up on it on a second or a third watch after you have the whole story and you go back to watch it. But there are rumors already circulating. Like, it's something that's hush-hush whispered about that Dougal is Hamish's father. Obviously, nobody knows for sure. That's not anything that's confirmed at this point. But... They all look at her like, how do you know? How is that a rumor that you have already heard when you have only just set foot here? Like, it raises a million red flags with those three. And you can see it instantly. That's so interesting. I never took it that way. I just assumed from the way the camera was zooming in on Rupert and Angus, like, what is going on? And the whole reason that Claire makes that comment, which also not alluded to in the show, But there's a backstory behind that comment in that knowing 
Colum's health condition, oftentimes with that particular health condition, sterility is involved. Like the person that has that condition cannot have children. So she yeah. automatically assumes that that is not Colum's son because of what she knows being a 20th century nurse about that kind of thing. So um, well, I feel like that's something that's glossed over, but that's why she jumps to that conclusion. Well, and then Hamish definitely has Dougal's facial structure a little bit. And you combine all of that with the previous scene that we had of her watching him and Dougal play in the courtyard. And of course, yep. I think a lot of people would have jumped to that conclusion, but man, did it backfire. Whew. Yep. She was like, and peace and out, guys. See you later. <laughs> I appear to have made an error. An error. Like, yeah. say shit, Claire. <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> God. We already talked about the stable scene. Was there anything else you wanted to talk to about that? Yeah, it, it's brief, though, because it's right after, essentially right after this really rough interrogation where she stick a fork in her, she's done. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. And then she's like, fuck this. I am over this. She's like, where's Jamie? I want to hang out with Jamie. And she goes and yeah. finds him the next morning. She's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I love that already, like, they're vibing off of each other. They feel comfortable with each other. And I love that. That already they've yeah. got this friendship building and you can feel it. Yeah. Um, and they have a they have an ease with each other that she hasn't been able to find with anybody else in this century. And I, I like that she has somebody to talk to. Yeah, someone who's on her side. Even though he knows something's up, he just kind of lets her have it to herself. So and he he doesn't treat her like everybody else. Like, can we talk about her getting mad at Rupert after the stable? Because I thought Claire, you got some nerve. Why do you think he's following you? It's because you're not a trustworthy person to them. And then she goes and yells at Dougal. Like, literally, she's yelling at him. Going like, why don't you just tell me why you're sending your man to follow me? Is there something I did? And he goes, let me tell you what I... Like, he turns around and it shuts her right up. She was terrified. You should be. Because you had no right getting mad like that. I just thought, like, girl, you are dumb. What are you doing? You were being smart a few scenes ago. But then... She had, come on, I don't think she's that dumb thinking, why am I being followed? Why do you think? You don't yell at somebody random like that. I get she can probably get frustrated about the fact that they think she's a spy. I can see where she can get frustrated because that's not what's happening, but she should not be talking to him like that. That puts her just in more danger. I don't know. I kind of get the Rupert angle. I don't know that I would have taken that well either, being followed all the time. Like, I'm just here minding my own damn business. Like, leave me alone. So I get that, but going to Dougal and confronting Dougal is a yeah. whole different ballgame. I yeah. get being with Rupert and being like, can you just leave me alone, please? Like, I'm literally just here <laughs> minding my own damn business, and I have to deal with somebody following me. Like, I can't even take a pee without somebody standing outside. (laughs) You know? And so I get that. But going and confronting Dougal and yelling at him about it, like, he's clearly in a position of power. Yeah. He's the right-hand man of the laird of the clan Mackenzie. Okay? You don't fuck with Dougal Mackenzie. And she should already know that. Like, that should be a thing there's no question about. And somehow she still puts herself in that position. Which ultimately screws her over because she's like, totally. if she would have kept her mouth shut, she probably would have been able to leave with the tinker and yep. everything would have been fine. But instead, when Dougal found out she was leaving, he, you know, yep. he went to call him and was like, yep, dude, what are we doing? We can't let her leave. I was surprised she said that too. I went, girl, shut up. <laughs> I'll be leaving soon. So none of this matters, you know? I just, oh. It just kind of erased her smarts from a few hours earlier. It just felt so intense for her to be like that. So then um, she meets Galus. Oh my god, I wrote Galus. Goodness, Galus. <laughs> here, here, and then I put in quotes, here, let me tell you, I want to poison my husband. Oh, and then I help women kill babies if they don't want them. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, uh, okay. I'm not a witch, but I'm kind of a witch. <laughs> Yeah, and just, oh my 
my god. She's she's so interesting. I didn't know what to do with her when I first saw her. I was like, I didn't either. I was very confused by this character. And that's why I'm like, what are we thinking on Galus? Because honestly, I just thought she was a weirdo. She's just one of those characters where we're like, okay, she's just gonna be weird and that's that's it. We're never gonna get an explanation I, as to why she's weird. She's just gonna be weird. I went she knows something about Claire. Maybe she was a time traveler. Like, that was my thinking. I went, she is acting too weird or, like, she's too familiar with Claire to just mm-hmm. talk like that. Or is she just one of those people that doesn't think about boundaries? <laughs> or it's like, Clearly. Hey, we're all like, yeah. <laughs> so, or a new friend, somebody who's not of this place. Oh, she's not Scottish, so let's chill. <laughs> I like new people. But I agree. There was something really strange about her. And just kind of just how she goes, <laughs> like that laugh thing. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. She's such a good actor. What? Oh, what yeah. A lot of her beak. A lot of her She's amazing. Yeah. And I love that her and Claire kind of form this bond just simply for the fact that they're outcasts. That they don't really fit in with anybody else. So it's natural that they would be drawn to each other. Which yeah. I find kind of fascinating. So then they're watching the hall event <sighs> that this whole episode is building up to. When I heard loose behavior in regards to what Leary is being punished for, my first reaction, yeah. and I don't think that I'm alone in this, I think that this is a lot yeah. of people's knee-jerk reaction, is does she get in trouble for loose behavior with Jamie? Yeah. Which, I mean, um, later he says, I don't really know who she is. I've seen her, but I don't know her. So that kind of clears that up. But I think that was everybody's first response is like, ooh. Like, it automatically jumps to that when he's like, I'll take her punishment for her, you know? Yeah, I did wonder that myself. But when they said loose behavior, I went, you know what? What does that mean exactly for a woman? That could be anything. She probably told a guy hi without him saying hi to her first. I think she probably got caught kissing somebody in the alcove or something like that. Like, I think that's probably what happened. Um, Because, yes, that was considered loose behavior back then. You were a maiden, and you didn't have experience like that until your wedding night, and then it all happens at once. Like, that was the expectation, which, yes, nowadays we know, like, ew, that's not okay. But (laughs) back then, it was just that women were inherently naive going into their wedding night they had no idea what to expect so you're right it could have been anything but i kind of have a tendency to believe that she got caught smooching on somebody and her her dad found out that was kind of i'm wondering who she'd be smooching though i don't feel I like think she would have just <sighs> leary's character in general frustrates me which i don't think i'll be able to talk about fully until like the reckoning <laughs> gotcha. so a few episodes gotcha. from now but, um, yeah, she just, that whole, yeah, I think there's a lot She's going on there. But. It just sucks that beatings were a thing for, so, like, she was going to have to get beat in front of everybody. I want to, I want to clarify, because in the show, in the books, and in my mind, there's a distinct difference. So, yes, we would look at it as a beating. In the 21st century, we would. There was a difference, though, between being lashed with a belt, essentially, for, and not drawing blood, not doing any permanent damage, versus using fists and beating the shit out of somebody. Like, that's what they viewed as a beating. So, I don't know. I just want to distinguish that, because to a 21st century viewer, where a lot of people think, what the hell's the difference? But in their mindset, there was a distinct difference between taking a belt to somebody who had disobeyed orders or behaved inappropriately was a lot different than beating the shit out of somebody just for the hell of it. Okay, so they hit her versus beating the shit as Jamie got that beating instead. But that was by his choice. Still weird. It um, is weird. Concepts. It's a weird concept. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a weird it's... concept to wrap your head around. I, I get that. And I'm just like Claire... I probably would have tried to do something, and then I would have been so thankful to have someone like Galus right there going, stay put. <laughs> Jeez, this way is quicker, and there will be less gossip. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my. Did you notice that Jamie looked up at her? Just, yes. Like, for a second. Whenever yep. he's 
whenever he's walking by with Myrta, he looks at her like, I need you. <laughs> Can you yeah. help me? Come help, help me. <laughs> help put my shoulder back. Did you uh-huh. see his face when Rupert hit him there? He was Oh yeah. Sam does such a good job. Sam does good with facial expressions. He's good with fight scenes. He's just, he's good in those moments. Yeah, he is. For most of season one, Duncan Lacroix, who plays Myrta, is very under the radar. He doesn't have very many lines. He's kind of just a presence that's there. This was the first time that I really noticed him in this episode because you don't really know the full story with who this mysterious guy is that's always hanging around with Jamie, but he's always there. And so when Jamie's like thinking about interrupting and like taking Larry's punishment, Myrtle literally grabs him <laughs> and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you joking right now? <laughs> like, this is not a smart move, buddy. Okay. Don't do it. Well, and then it kind of makes it clear. Like, is he the guy then? You know, I wonder if other people at the gathering, so to speak, was thinking that, too. What? Like, it made you think that Jamie, that, that it was Jamie or that it was Marta? Yeah. Yeah, that it was Jamie that, that Leary was kissing. Yeah. It's just all very weird. Because like, I think that was probably a lot of people's assumption that Jamie was yeah. the one that she got in trouble with. But in reality, it turns out that he's just a really nice guy that wants to save her yeah. a lifetime of embarrassment. Which He's really sweet. He is. <laughs> um, so he gets the shit beat out of him, which I fucking hate Dougal. Like, I, this whole scene, Such like, when you're asshole. getting, when you're getting these little shots of him and Rupert looking back and forth at each other, like, oh, is that good enough? Yep. No, you want me to hurt him more? Like, oh, I really have to punch him in his injured shoulder? Are you kidding me? <laughs> As a viewer, you're just like, what the hell is happening? Something's going down right now, and none of us really yeah. know what it is, but we want to know. We're extremely curious as to what's happening. Yeah, and it was just so heartbreaking when Jamie goes to, like, bow in front of Column, and then he looks at Dougal, and Dougal just has this look on his face, and we're like, what is, like, what is wrong with you? Isn't that supposed to be your nephew? Like, come on. And then Jamie's face is just kind of heartbroken in a way at least that's kind of what I saw a little bit or I'm sure he knows what's up it's just well none of us know but everyone else does it's just it was sad to see Jamie's face like that it's like that's his uncle and you know all the crap that goes into all of that so Claire tells Jamie she's leaving and he's all bummed (laughs) he's like a sad puppy he's like oh okay okay (laughs) safe travels (laughs) Yep, just this polite thing, and they He's... partly had to cut that goodbye short because Leary shows up, and it made me think that was like a really polite goodbye. That sucks. Mm-hmm. And then I went, kind of sucks that they didn't have a proper goodbye. That's what I wrote down. And then I went, well, maybe yeah. that was a proper one, so never mind. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was extremely oh. proper. Yeah, it's like safe travels. I love you. Goodbye. I love you. <laughs> it's kind of sad though because looking back on it on a rewatch you're like she was the one person that he kind of identified with in a way you know she didn't really belong there but she was there by circumstance and he probably felt a connection to her in a lot of ways and he could talk to her whereas he's kind of on the outside looking in like you even saw that in the going back to the hall scene whenever she's eating dinner with Colin and Dougal and she asks about Jamie and he's like, well, he's in the stables, wouldn't want him inside the walls under the circumstances. And then they just kind of let it slide. But like that kind of sets the tone for Jamie's not really welcome here right now. He's here because he has to yeah. be for some reason, but he's yeah. not here because we want him here. He's <laughs> he's the Sassen actor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think Jamie gets Claire on a on a whole other level. Like he understands her situation probably better than a lot of people. And then we get um asshole Dougal showing back up. Colin wishes to see him. him. But like and then you can see Mrs. Spitz's face. She's like, she ain't leaving. (laughs) She's like shit. (laughs) Yeah, shit. Yep. Yep. I have my new friend to stay here, but that's 
And then Dougal takes her to Colum in the room that her and Frank were in. Do you remember in the episode where she kind of like stopped for a second? Mm-hmm. When she was in going that down room? the stairs, she's like, yep. "Oh, this room." Like she <laughs> knows yep. where she's at. Yeah. Looking back at episode one now, when she had that deja vu, it's almost like she had a feeling of dread about the place, and she didn't know why. Yeah. And now she gets it because it's literally her dungeon. It's her prison for the next however many episodes. And on some level in the time continuum, there was that ingrained, something's not right about this place. And it wasn't until she went back into the 18th century that she found out what wasn't right about it. Yep. This poor thing. I wrote, like, poor thing. She's ready to go home and she can't. This sucks. She had every right to be upset in that moment because they're basically keeping her a prisoner. Just poor thing. I just, she gets sucked into this world. She didn't ask for this. She gets pulled away from the husband she loves. And then she's being made to stay there. Because the people in power have suspicions about her. She's just kind of sucked in, like you said, sucked into this vortex of crap. And things just keep getting worse and worse. So that brings us to the end of our episode discussion. Yeah. I thought it was a really good ending for an episode. It kind of left you hanging, but at the same yep. time, it didn't like leave you like I need another episode. But it was just there was like, a sense oh, was of good. foreboding about it, and enough to like, oh, I wonder what happens now. You know, now that she's stuck, yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. So it ha- it held the watcher's interest. Not much of a yeah. cliffhanger, but enough to make somebody watch the next episode. Again, not my favorite episode of the series or of this season. But yeah, there were some good little moments in there. For sure. Did you have a yummy moment? I did, but it's not like... Actually, it probably was kind of... It's another Jamie thing. So it was when he um, stands closer to her, like when he kind of holds her hand after, you know, he had said, like, you're an English person in a place where that's not a good thing to be. Um, He holds her hand and just kind of looks at her. That was really sexy. I ain't even gonna lie about that. I was like, mm. But mostly, like, right when he says, is your husband not alive? And he hugs her. Just everything right in that moment from that scene was good. But mostly when he, like, goes to hold her hand for a second. And when he's trying to, like, figure out, do I stay here or not? Because I want to be here. But, like, I should go. <laughs> um, hey, that was my yum, honestly. So, yeah. Mine was the same scene but that intense almost kiss moment where they're just looking (laughs) at each other and as a viewer you're like no you're married but then at the same time you're like god that look they're giving each other there's this famous picture that they use for advertisement that's of that scene where they're looking at each other and god i love that look it's so steamy without being steamy it gets as chaste as it could get. There's no contact there, but they're just looking at each other. You know they want to kiss, and then Claire has that moment where she snaps back to reality, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. Sam did that really good, because, like, all I do is look at Jamie when he's looking at her, and I'm like, holy mm-hmm. crap, like, what's about to happen? <laughs> that picture, I know exactly what one you're talking about. It is a really beautiful picture. It's the picture that we used for the podcast post for this yep. episode. That's the one. Yep. Yep. What was your favorite quote of the episode? My favorite quote was Myrta saying to Jamie, if you wanted a beating, I'd have been happy to oblige you. (laughs) 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 That was my favorite quote. I was like, oh my God, I have to write that down. I laugh every time I hear that because it's so a Myrta thing to say. It's like, okay, if you wanted somebody to give you a beating, like all you had to do was ask. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what about you um mine's more on the serious vein i had two different ones but i chose this one you need not be scared of me nor anyone else here as long as i'm with you yeah Um, i really love that line my honorable mention was she's just a girl with spirit is all thank you that was my other one too high five high five high five Love that one. It's a good line. It shocked me when I, I remember when I first saw the episode, I went, did he just say that? Like, who are you? I've never heard a guy say that before. It threw me off completely. 
So that's where I got, like, confused. And I was like, I don't know what to make of this dude. Because he's really nice and obviously knows how to treat women. But what is happening? And he's, like, the one guy in the 18th century that doesn't mind a girl with a little bit of spirit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm like, he's- oh, he gets it. He just gets it. And it's fine with him. Like, that's good. He's not going to try to change anybody. That's what he's saying. He's like, that's just who they are. It's fine. So he kind of pinpointed Claire a little bit right away. Like, you know, Oh, yeah. It was total um, double entendre. Yep, totally. He was, like, talking about the horse, but totally talking about Claire at the same time. It was cute when he, like, started to speak in Gaelic. Gaelic? Gaelic, yeah. Gaelic. When he's speaking in it, and then he stops himself and speaks in English for him been around enough horses he knows how to talk to them (laughs) (laughs) there's a line in the book that is never in the show but (laughs) when you talking about that just now made me think of it where jamie's like rubbing claire's neck and she's like he's working slow circles in and she's like yeah i get why a horse would let him let them ride him him anywhere Episodes 
So if you believe in, you know, the spooky supernatural stuff, which, I mean, if you're watching Outlander, I assume that you at least like supernatural stuff a little bit. It's really good. Like, so it's a revamped version of the Ghost Hunters that was on in, like, the early 2000s. And they brought back one of the main investigators, and then he has a whole new team. But they've actually had some really cool locations and stuff. They've gone all over the United States. They Their past few episodes have been in, like, New Mexico and Alaska and stuff like that, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere places. But they're really good <laughs> and kind of really creepy in the best way when you're watching those ghost shows. So, yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, I would check out Ghost Hunters. It's on A&E right now. The second season is definitely airing a new episode every week right now. Okay, well, everyone, thank you for listening to our, is it technically our third episode? Yes. Of the Sassanac Files on episode two of Outlander called Castle Leoff. Join us next week when we talk about episode three called The Way Out. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, guys. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions for us about how we felt about a certain aspect of the show we just analyzed or our opinions on anything up to season five, just let us know. You can email us at the files at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. We're more than happy to interact with you guys. We love talking to you. Also, don't forget, we are now on CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. We're hoping to add Google Play into there shortly. We're waiting to hear back from Google on our application. So if that gets approved, we will let you guys know via social media and on our podcast next week. Thanks again for listening, guys, and have a great week. Bye.